0: Now, Scotland's talking. Call 0333-2020-401 and join the debate.
1: Hello from me, Ali Bally, a very good morning to you. Welcome to Scotland's Talkin'. Thanks to Rob for looking after the show last week. Here we go then. Our reporter Natalie Crawford will be updating us this week on her Lead the Way campaign. She's been trying to get MSPs to change the laws on dangerous dogs and is due to be debated in the Scottish Parliament. I thought
2: they were killing my son. I really did. It happened very quickly, but it knocked him to the ground and Ryan was screaming I did think it was killing him, and my fear was it would get
1: his throat. So I'll be asking is enough being done to tackle dangerous dogs? We'll also be hearing from two people on either side of the Atlantic who are campaigning for a change to gun laws in the US. We brought together a woman who lost her sister in the 1996 Dunblane massacre and a young man caught up in February's high school shootings in Parkland, Florida.
3: It's changed the lives of everyone in my community and it changed the lives of everyone in your community but I think that that also brings us closer and we're in it together and I think that that's important.
4: Yeah, absolutely, I would definitely say that.
1: This comes as guns are back in the news again this week after two fatal shootings in London and a former doctor from Cumbernauld who had a load of submachine guns, pistols and hundreds of live cartridges in his home. I'm asking, could laws in the UK be tightened even further? Also in the news this week, the 78-year-old man in London who was arrested on suspicion of murder after a suspected burglar was stabbed to death. So, here's the question. What would you do in that situation? Should he have been arrested or is it right that he should defend himself. That's coming up after 11. Also on the programme today, the gender pay gap. Eight out of ten firms have admitted they still pay men more than women. Ladies, how do you feel that your male colleagues are getting paid more than you? And gents, do you think it's fair? Why are we still having this discussion 50 years on? That's all coming up on the programme. Have your say on 0333 2020 401.
5: Scotland's Talk In the podcast. Now last year, we told you about a freedom of
1: information request that revealed the full extent of dog bite injuries in Scotland. Well, following on from that, our reporter Natalie Crawford decided to look deeper at the issue and it sparked her Lead the Way campaign calling for dangerous dog laws in Scotland to be toughened up. It's due to be debated in Scottish Parliament next month so we're asking, is enough being done to tackle dangerous dogs? Should animal control be left to local authorities or should police be given back the power? And of course, when we talk about dogs on on the show, it always comes up, oh, there's no such thing as a bad dog, it's just a bad owner. Really? Do you have any experience of dog attacks? Call me and let me know. 0333 2020 401 but before we get to your calls our reporter vicky murray has been catching up with natalie to find out more about her campaign
0: so natalie the last time you brought us this story it was to tell us about the freedom of information request that found thousands of people across the country were being hospitalized because of dog attacks now msps at Holyrood are set to debate your findings What's happened since we last spoke?
6: Well, after we took the figures you mentioned to air, we were contacted by several families whose lives have been affected by dog attacks. One of those was eight-year-old Ryan Booth. He was mauled by two animals as he picked acorns with his mum, Claire. So I was walking down Chestnut Avenue in Bishopton and there were two dogs right out of nowhere and they, like... They actually, both of them jumped right on my chest and then one of them kept scratching my shoulder with their teeth and then there was lots of teeth marks and the other one um, took a big chunk of my ear off. In his life, Ryan will have to undergo around half a dozen surgeries to repair the damage caused by the dogs. But what I learned was that it wasn't just Ryan's physical injuries that needed to heal.
2: I've also had a lot of recurring flashbacks. of seeing my son being mauled by two dogs. A lot of stress, anxiety, which I'd never experienced before. It was at the time after it, Ryan experienced that as well, which is not a nice thing for a six-year-old boy who'd never experienced anything like that in his life to have to go through.
6: What was going through your mind? when you
2: had to stand there and watch these two dogs attack? I thought they were killing my son. Um, I really did. Very happened very quickly. When it knocked him to the ground and Ryan was screaming out, I did think it was killing him. And my fear was it would get his throat and latch onto that.
6: The story was then picked up by former Social Justice Secretary Alec Neil. He's the MSP who first introduced the Control of Dogs Act to Holyrood in 2011. After hearing our findings, he became concerned the legislation wasn't working and that some councils are not using the powers they have properly. And he's
0: not the only one who's concerned, is he?
6: No, he's not. At this point, we officially launched our Lead the Way campaign to have the Control of Dogs Act reviewed and Mr Neil submitted a Hollywood motion on our behalf.
7: The main danger at the moment is lack of enforcement uh, because the police and the councils have not really done as much as I would have hoped in terms of implementing the legislation. I think it's probably primarily a council job rather than a police job, but the police have a role to play because at the end of the day it is a criminal offence under this legislation to allow a dog to get out of control. And very clearly the rise in the numbers indicate that uh, this is not the case. dogs are not under the kind of control they should be by now with this legislation.
6: The legislation basically gives local authorities the responsibility of making sure dog owners are being responsible, but the Scottish SPCA's Chief Superintendent Mike Flynn told us that even for them, reporting out of control dogs is a postcode lottery. We also heard similar things from the Royal College of Surgeons in Edinburgh, and from Julie Peroni from the Royal Mail. What we would like to see is the authorities to taking much more notice and much more enforcement of the legislation that exists just now. I mean, last year we had 231 attacks just on postmen and women in Scotland. That's one attack too many because it can stop people working for a week or for longer. They, along with the Communications Workers' Union, have been trying to raise that issue at Holyrood for a number of years. They've come on board in support of our campaign too. Here's Dave Joyce
8: don't think the local authorities are using the tools that they've got to help control dangerous dogs. And so, you know, the, the action is needed now. And I'm glad that the, uh, the motion has been put forward by Alex Neil to be considered. Um, and, I, and I hope that um, we will get a resolution uh, by way of a review of the dangerous dogs um, laws in Scotland.
6: So where are we at now? Well, on the 8th of May, MSPs will officially debate our findings at Holyrood. We're hoping they'll order a review of the Control of Dogs Act legislation, an investigation into why it's not working. Some suggestions are that local authorities are too under-resourced to implement the legislation, and one of the things the CWU has suggested is the possibility of ring-fencing funding for dog control wardens. We're taking three families to meet MSPs before the debate in the hope of getting them to fully understand the physical and
0: emotional impact these types of attacks can have. Well, be sure to keep us updated on the progress. Thanks, Natalie.
1: Mm, indeed, can you imagine? I mean, maybe it has happened to you. I don't know, but imagine walking just as that experience there. You're out walking with your your kids, could be your grandchildren, uh, nieces, nephews, or your children, or whatever. You're out walking in a park, and a dog comes up and just lunges at your your kids. And, and like the report there, you know the, the, the injuries, ear part of his ear missing, and that that's just. But it it's the the mental thoughts that's that's going through the mum's mind as well because she 's reliving that you know and and uh, imagine that happening to you has it happened to you uh, what do you think is it the the owners i mean you do see come on you you do see um, some of uh Today's worthies wandering around seems to be a trophy to have a a big dog uh, wandering around with them. Um, but is is that the dog's fault? Is it the owner's fault? Should should we not be looking at who has the right to have a dog? Is it right that you should just be able to go out there uh, without a license and just go and say right, I'm going to have a dog, and that's it? You know, and then it's, that's surely cruelty to the dog. The whole thing needs widened. And, and I think part of the um, the, the talk that we are just listening to there hit it on the head, it was just a small piece, but are the local authorities under-resourced? The answer is yes, you know. There's no question, are they? It is, they are. It's not, are they resourced? They are under-resourced. And so therefore, in the pecking order of things, you know, whether it's you getting your bin emptied on the day you have to get your bin emptied, Or any other local service, do they really have the resources to employ full-time dog wardens? I mean, that used to be the case, but I'm thinking a lot of them have gone because they've been trying to save money. And that all comes back to dangerous dogs. Can we not take the responsibility ourselves? If we've got a dog, we should be able to control it and take care of it. What are your thoughts as I say, particularly if, if, you've, if you've had an issue with one, or indeed uh, it's, it's something, you know, I know people that they get frightened when they see a dog coming towards them, quite rightly, because they don't know that dog. And it looks a nice wee friendly thing. And we're not always just talking about big dogs here. We're talking about the wee ones that come in and nip your ankle as well. So give me a call. Let me know what your thoughts are on this. 033 2020 401. Is there such a thing as a bad dog or is it a bad owner? Uh, do you have an experience of a dog attack? Call me and let me know now and give me your thoughts. 0333 2020 401.
5: You're listening to Scotland's Talkin' the podcast. Join the conversation on Twitter at Scotland's Talkin'
1: talking or we will be this morning talking about um uh, if someone breaks into the house we're coming to that one as well uh, on the back of uh, the gentleman that 78 uh, year old richard osborne brooks who was arrested over the fatal stabbing uh during a failed burglary so i'm going to be asking what you would do in that situation uh, also uh, gender pay gaps what's that all about yeah gender pay gaps of women being paid the same as men and, and you know it's, anyway we'll talk about that I've, as you can imagine i've got a thought on that right okay uh Anne, how are you are you well
9: i'm very well thank you it's a beautiful morning
1: sun is shining
9: it is shining thank goodness it
1: nice. <laughs> yes yes right it is, it is. so what do you want to talk about then
9: um, dogs. Dogs. Now, I'm, I'm, right. Dogs. Yes, I I have a small Staffordshire Bull Terrier that um I got for the Edinburgh Dog and Cat Home about three and a half years ago. Um, first dog for me, <laughs> big learning experience. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. We um we had a a golden retriever growing up, but uh, parents did all the heavy work. Um, so first dog for me. Um, uh, and it's been a steep learning curve. But my biggest thing is. The owner, you know your dog. You get to know your dog. She does not like other dogs coming up to her. Mm-hmm. She adores people. Um, she, I've, I've never, I can't even imagine um, having her child being bitten by a dog. That is so scary. I, ca- I cannot imagine how awful that is. Um, she, she, she would lick somebody. She would lick a person. She does not want a dog to come up to her. She's always on lead. That's that's just the way it is. Mm-hmm. I keep her on lead. Um, I, I wish everybody else would have control of their dogs in the fact that it doesn't matter if their dog's friendly. If it races up to a dog or a child, it can be frightening. Um, it, it could just be wanting to lick them or say hello. But if the owner doesn't have control of that dog for recall, if you cannot recall your dog, it should not be off lead. End of story. Um, you see a lot of people wandering around with dogs. It's okay. It's friendly. It's friendly. It's fine.
1: I know. It's, it's oh, he's it, fine, he's fine. It's just, fine. He it's likes just, people. Yeah. Yes. Right. Okay.
9: But a child, children, it's never. It, I'm not. There's no blame here at all. But children and dogs are unpredictable. Um, so, I, are the, know, so are the owners. So are the owners. yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. But um, but dogs can act very quickly. They can act so quickly. Um, so y- you just have to have control of your dog. I don't take um, my my dog to parks very often. If I do, I've got a lovely big tabard that says my dog needs space. Um, you know, <laughs> I'm I'm not subtle. <laughs> you're, um, <laughs> you're painting
1: a lovely picture.
9: <laughs> <laughs> she, she doesn't. She's not. She's she. She, she not It's not as if she's gonna attack another dog, but she barks and lunges because she doesn't like them coming up to her. Right, Um, And that's her just saying, back off, that's it, enough, go away. People don't understand that, and they assume she's aggressive. Um, Basically, that's just her feelings. she's saying, back off, go away. But I know that uh, if she saw another dog in the distance, she could run over and lunge at them. Mm -hmm. So she's on lead all the time. It's just you know your dog. You, the owner has to take responsibility. It, 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 it is up to the owner. There are some aggressive dogs out there. There are dogs that will attack, um, and 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 you know, and the owner has no control or responsibility for that. It's the owner's fault. Um, the dog will get blamed because they should either be muzzled or on lead, or both. But it's no not you,
1: to do that. No, it's, it's the owner, isn't it? Come it's, on. It's
9: it's the yeah, owner. the owner is in charge of it. The, the owner brings this dog into this, their house, into their world, and we expect the dog to learn all these things, to know what's right and wrong and whether they're, they're dogs. They, they will learn so much through training. Um, they will learn a lot through training. Um, but they, they are dogs, they're not humans. Um so you, you must always know that and be in control of your dog. And if that means that your dog is on lead all the time, that's fine. You just walk.
1: Two rules you know? when you're out and about. You keep yes. the dog on a lead and yep. you clean up after the dog oh, because so the dog the can't do it. You no, know?
9: exactly. exactly. Oh. They, they cannot do these things. I, I get that. And I see people wandering about where I live and their dogs are running about, which is lovely
1: they just walk on, the Indeed. dog does its business. And they kid and on, it's not happening at the back yes, of them. You yes. can watch them and they just walk yep. ahead, saying, yep, I'm yep. not turning around because nope. I know what the dog is doing. Yep. Yes. Yep. Yes, yeah. oh, that's a whole other thing. Uh, it's, no, it's <laughs> not. It comes down to irresponsible it owners. It does. There was it a wonderful does. sign that I noticed on a wall, and mm. it said, and it was where someone was obviously quite often letting their dog do the business. And the oh, sign said, it. you know, if you're a dog owner, Please take up yoga. Start <laughs> by bending down and taking your dog dirt with you. <laughs> yes! Oh, that is yes.
9: fabulous. Absolutely. That is fabulous, yes. And but is, no,
1: it's been a pleasure. I, I do Get believe off. It You're going.
9: I'm going. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Have a great day, Ali. Uh,
1: all the best to you. Thanks, Ali. Oh, cheers, Bye bye. bye, now. bye, bye. So, there we go. Dogs and dangerous dogs we're talking about, but it comes down to the, surely, the irresponsible owners as well. You got a thought? Or 3 2020
5: 401.
0: This summer.
5: it 3 This
0: is Scotland's Talkin'.
5: This is Clyde 2.
1: And that's the number that Jane has called. Jane, hello and good morning to you. Oh, bye, darling. Good stuff. Right, dogs. Yes. What do you want to say?
10: Well... Quite a few times I've been in the shopping centre in Drumchapel and I've certain people who don't, people who don't have our dogs on their leads. And uh, I was going to the post office uh, a couple of weeks ago and just as I was walking up the, the ramp to go, this boy was walking down with a, a Doberman pincher and I wouldn't move. He says, you going to back down? I says, no, I'm not going to back down. I said, I can't walk backwards. You could back up. He says, eh, You'll have to move. I says. I don't have to move anything. I said, I can't walk backwards. I've got a walker and I can't walk backwards. So the police come round the corner. They're actually in the shopping centre. And they come over and they says to me, he went, eh, What's going on? I says, eh, Well, I'm trying to go up the ramp. And he started to come down the ramp with this double-man pincher he wants me to back down. I says, The police went, No. He says, You get back up the way and go round the way and down the stairs. He went, I'm not moving. I mean, why are you not moving? I said, because he said, I'm not moving. He said, well, you either move or i take your dog off you. He went, what do you mean you'll take my dog off me? I said, I'm trying to tell-, tell you something. Take my dog o- I'll take your dog off you. I'm not moving. So the police took the dog off him and t- took the dog away. He was screaming, screaming, bloody murder inside the, post, inside the post office.
1: So the police reacted properly as far as you were concerned? I. But do you think that person that was that had that dog at the end of the day was a responsible owner, and should have had a dog anyway?
10: <laughs> she never had a dog. No. Was and that responsible? And do- it, it happened to my daughter. It's happened to say She you know. Inside the chemist, the dog went for. Her.
1: So again, keeping dogs on leads.
10: Keep dogs on leads, and then some. Some dogs muzzled.
1: Yep. OK, Jane, thanks for coming on with your story. Once again, that number, if you have uh, something you'd like to say, maybe you agree or disagree with Jane 0 3 2020 uh, One in here from Gregor uh, on social media. He says, Many years ago I was bitten by the same collie twice, putting a ca- case of eggs into my car for Dad's shop in Dunblay it was dashed so and I remember it. I'll bet you do, Gregor. Thank you very much
5: indeed. Scotland's Talkin,
1: the podcast. Scotland's talking and next up we're hearing from two people on either side of the Atlantic who are campaigning for a change to gun laws in the US. Our senior reporter Hope Webb brought together a woman who lost her sister in the 1996 Dunblane massacre and a young man caught up in February's high school shooting in Parkland, Florida. Now this comes as guns are back in the news again this week after two fatal shootings in London and a former doctor from Com- Bernard, who was jailed for having a load of submachine guns, pistols, and hundreds of live cartridges at his home. He was a doctor. We're asking, could laws in the UK be tightened any further? Is there any reason for anyone in Scotland to have a gun? And how do we get illegal guns off the street? What are your thoughts? Do you own a gun? Are the laws tight enough? Let me know. 0333 2020 401. But first, let's hear what happened when Hope Webb brought Dunblane and Parkland together.
0: The campaign for tougher gun control in the US continues and calls have only heightened following a deadly shooting at a Florida high school in February. And two people determined to see the end of gun violence are Catherine Wilson and Louis Mizzen. Catherine lost her sister Vary in the Dunblane massacre 22 years ago.
4: I think it's a responsibility to my sister because people should remember her and they should remember why we don't have guns anymore because she's not here.
0: And over 4,000 miles away, Lewis is fighting that same battle. He's a survivor of the recent Parkland school shooting.
3: It it, it was Valentine's Day, it was was a really, I remember it was actually a really good day and there was a really good feeling about it. And like, just all my classes had gone so well and it was towards the end of the day. So almost the entire school day had been over and, you know, it'd go down as a really good day. And then obviously, you know, now nobody is ever gonna consider that a good day.
0: On the back of those tragedies, both have become activists and campaign for change around gun laws in the US. So we set up a conversation and they were able to speak for the first time over a video call. They shared their experiences and advice for one another.
3: It's changed the lives of everyone in my community and it changed the life of everyone in your community. But I think that that also brings us closer because, you know, as awful as a club as it is, we are all in it and we're in it together, and I think that that's important.
4: Yeah, absolutely. I would definitely say that. I kind of feel like we're kind of members of a bit of like an uncomfortable family. Like, we shouldn't necessarily have anything in common, but we do.
0: Despite change seeming impossible at times for both, they say they feel positive about the future.
3: Whatever I do, and I think for a lot of my students, for a lot of my classmates now, this is going to be our life mission. We're going to carry this as, as long as we're here, until something changed and even after that and you know the only way you can really honor their memories to have them kind of live through you and to live your life to the fullest and i think that's one of the best ways we can all move forward is to remember that they would want us to live our best life and that's what we have to do
4: i would also just kind of encourage you to remember why you are doing what you're doing yeah and i do think you do face that battle of it is a different mentality and that is difficult. Just keep doing what you're doing honestly. I think one day we're going to open up history textbooks and these names are going to be in there.
0: Even though politics can sometimes get in the way, for both the goal is simple. They want to make sure no one else has to suffer like they have. Hope
1: we're bringing Dunblane and Parkland together there. Um, and the question would be, in Scotland and in the UK, as a wider looking, I'm sure you're quite horrified by the amount of violence that is going on around London at the moment. It seems to be in certain communities and it's gangland fights and there are more murders now in London than there are in New York and it's coming to the same height as Brooklyn so you know it's, it's getting a bit dangerous would you want to go down there on holiday you just don't know what you're going to come up against um, but it, you know that's the UK wide and Scotland wide do we need guns as I say a former doctor from Cumbernau had submachine guns, pistols, and hundreds of live cartridges in his home. What? Why? What were they there for? You know. So, do you use a gun? Is, is it absolutely necessary that you have a gun, or do you just have it for having a gun's sake? If you have one, you know, there must be those who need it for their work. I'm talking about those in agriculture, those uh, out in forests, etc. There must be quite legally they, that's going about their business. But is it really necessary? Or triple is the number.
5: You're listening to Scotland's Talkin' the podcast. Join the conversation on Twitter at Scotland's Talk In.
1: Hello Anne, how are you doing? I'm fine, thank you. Good. How are you? I'm good, thanks. I'm good, yes. Good. So what's your thoughts then? What do we want to talk about? Uh, why does
11: anybody want to have a dangerous talk?
1: Why does anybody want to have a dangerous dog? Right? Okay. And why does anybody want to have a gun? Okay, so you're covering both subjects that we're on so far this morning, then. Um, Yes, I am. Right. Talk about the dogs first, then. Right. Um, Dogs
11: are trained. They've got to be. My daughter had a rescue dog, a staffie, which I was really frightened about. Mm -hmm. But with careful nurturing, she turned into a lovely dog. Mm -hmm.
1: So when your daughter got the dog, had it been quite... Was it quite clear to you and to your daughter that it had maybe been a little bit ill-treated? Yes. Right, right, okay.
11: Yes, oh, definitely. I mean, she had bare parts on her coat, mm-hmm. but she turned into a lovely dog because she was treated properly.
1: So are you are you putting it down then to dangerous dogs? Are you putting it down to a lot of the time the owner who trains it in that way? Is that what you're saying? Yes. Because they want the dog to be dangerous. Yes. And to look fierce and make them look good.
11: Exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, the same way as people have to think they have to have a gun or any other weapon. I mean, why?
1: Right. Um, well, in the case of, you know, talking there about that doctor from Cumbernauld who's been jailed for having all those guns and pistols and stuff, I've no idea why he wanted them, but I can understand why a farmer or a gamekeeper might might have a gun. Surely that is, is understandable.
11: Uh, I, yes, I can understand that, but um, an ordinary human being shouldn't need to have a weapon
1: mm-hmm. well you see there's, there, are, there are I think areas that we, for an ordinary person you're right why would you have one in the house um, why would you want to have one um, I don't know but uh, thank you very much indeed and for your thoughts there on dogs and guns uh, let's go to Alistair uh, who's got thoughts on his guns you want to talk about Alistair's I believe Yeah. right so what's your thoughts Alistair good morning
7: the, uh, yeah, previous caller and held the head there, when she said about its owners. Most uh, the owners of guns are own. Very few gun owners. It's the people without the proper licences that cause the problems with guns. Usually, would you not agree with
1: that? Yes, and but I I just throw it back and ask because I don't know enough a lot about um, guns and licences, Alistair. Um, have you got experience of this then? I'm actually a
7: qualified shooting instructor. Right. Uh, so I do a lot of corporate entertainment. I do a lot of, for hotels and various places. We are, say there is a wedding at 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock in the afternoon. I go up at 10 o'clock, take my equipment up, set up for them in the hotel grounds and do clay pigeon shooting for a couple of hours for the guests to do, you know, in the morning of the wedding. I have people never held a gun, they have never touched a gun, regularly come and have a shot thoroughly
1: enjoy the experience. Yeah, I mean, a, a, a few years ago, I, I took part in quite a bit of uh, clay pigeon shooting on corporate events and really enjoyed it. It was great. Got a sore shoulder afterwards, but <laughs> um... yeah, yeah.
7: Well, we use for equipment lighter cartridge loads so it doesn't hurt your shoulder. You know, it's uh, it's all about the person behind anything. The motor vehicle. Look what happened again this week a motor vehicle, yeah, you know they are more dangerous and easier to get than a gun, and can do a lot more damage.
1: Is it too easy to get a gun, though, Alister?
7: No, stringent checks with the police, the doctors, they, the doctors have to sign. you have to get a medical consent in Scotland anyway for your uh, for a gun. You have to get your doctors to sign them. No, it's not too easy. You've got a lot of stringent checks.
1: So you're happy with the laws as they are at the moment?
7: of the problems is not caused with you know, legal gun holders. It's right. people with illegal guns that are generally causing
1: the problems. I've got you. Alistair, thank you very much indeed. I have to stop you there just because I've got to get to the news. But thank you for, for your opinion from a professional side. Uh, got uh, an, uh, an interesting uh, comment in here from a guide dog owner regarding dangerous dogs. We'll come to that after the news.
5: Scotland's Talkin', the podcast.
1: It's the Ali Bally Scotland's Talking and of course we're giving you some subjects to talk about a little later on Uh, We'll also open up to any other business if there's something we've not been talking about that's been in the news this week and you just want to get it off your chest, that's okay We'll do that fairly shortly as well. So far just in case you have just joined us we've been talking about dangerous dogs and new laws that are going to be talked about anyway and also those gun laws that um, that we've been bringing together, uh, Florida and Dunblane and asking the question... Could the laws in the UK be tightened any further? And is there any reason for anyone in Scotland to have a gun? Thanks to Alistair, who's our last call before the news there, who was giving us the the side from a professional side and saying, you know, no, there really isn't a reason for somebody to have a gun unless they're, they're using it in a professional way. And those are not the people that cause the problems. It's the those that get their hands on illegal guns. And I mentioned also that it, uh, a text in from... Someone who's a guide dog owner. We're talking about dangerous dogs here. And this one says, Ali, don't get me started on dangerous dogs. Here's something that I hadn't even given a thought to. Um, This one says, I am on my third guide dog. And it's been attacked twice while working with her. Did you know the number of guide dogs being attacked every month is incredible? And it's on the rise. The law was changed in 2014 so that an attack on an assistance dog, guide dog, is classed as an attack on the person and the owner of the dangerous dog can be sent to jail. And says here, I got the owner charged, but they were dropped. So unless the powers that can be, you know, that come down hard on the owners, nothing will change. My poor guide dog is still very scared and that has affected her work and my life all through being attacked by other dogs. I, you know, there is a dog which is just going about doing its business, doing its, what it was trained to do and assisting someone who's blind. And that I just never thought of the amount of, according to this email, um... Guide dogs that are attacked by other dogs while they're just out there working. So that that's another way to, to look at it. Uh, another email that says, hello, um, about dangerous dogs. Well, I've had a dog, and in my opinion, no dog needs to be dangerous. It's up to the dog owner to be in control of the dog and not the other way around. And that way, you have a well-behaved dog. Okay. Right. Um... Also in the news this week, a 78-year-old man in London was arrested on suspicion of murder after a suspected burglar was stabbed to death. The pensioner found two intruders in his home. One of the men, a 37-year-old man with a screwdriver, forced the homeowner into the kitchen where there was a struggle and the suspect was stabbed. So I'm asking, what would you do in that situation, should he have been arrested, or is he right to defend himself? Have you ever been in that situation? What would you do if you found someone in your kitchen with a screwdriver or a, 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 another implement that they're quite clear that they're prepared to use it um, to, to make their getaway? This, this was, you know, there was two of them broke in. One of them got away into a van, tried to to get the body of the guy in the van. It didn't work and just abandoned him. So these are professional housebreakers. You know, at the end of the day, they're criminals. They decide when they go out of their house, we're going to rob somebody's house. We're going to intrude into someone's home and we will take anything we can get. So therefore if they're injured or in this case killed in doing that are they not taking that chance upon themselves On the other hand if this gentleman hadn't been arrested then surely the police would have neglected their duties because they arrive and there's one body one somebody's dead they have to investigate The other person there says, yeah, we had a fight and, you know, that was it. He got injured and fatally injured. So surely the police were right as well in in charging him. I mean, we now know the Met Police have said that no further action will be taken against the 70-year-old Richard Osborne Brooks who was arrested over the fatal stabbing of Henry Vincent. Um, But I'm asking you, what would you do in that situation? If you had someone... In your house, would you be downstairs with a bat in your hand or something you can get, um, or, or would you hide away and wait till the police arrive? What are your thoughts? 0333 2020 401. What would you do if faced with that situation? And it's something that could happen. I read just recently in, in, in a neighbourhood, I was reading some... Um, neighborhood websites, things, you know, on the forums, that's the word I was looking for. And uh, a lady had awakened and she had someone downstairs. And they'd broken in and she was alone in the house because her husband was away for the night and uh, there was there was no sign that there was anybody in the house because there was no car in the garage and driveway even because he'd taken the car. So anyway, she had someone downstairs who'd broken in through um, patio doors and they were rummaging around. You know, I always remember, I was saying this to my dear lady the other day, I remember as a kid um, where I lived, they one day came home and uh, the gas meter had been robbed. You know, they'd broken into the house, into the kitchen emptied the gas meter, and it was quite obviously somebody on the same housing estate as us because they knew when the gas meter was to be emptied, and I'm talking a few years ago, and it was full. And that affected my mum and dad for ages and ages after that. You know, alt mum was always checking the doors and making sure they were locked, etc., all because somebody had intruded in, into their privacy. So what would you do? Let me know. John's decided to tell us what he'd do. John, how are you?
8: How are you, Ali? I'm well, my friend. Good, good. I have had my house broken into twice. And the end result was that I had to spend a lot of money getting an alarm system fitted and all the rest of it into my house. Um, My feelings are, someone breaks into your house, they're fair game. I now have a baseball bat, sits up in my bedroom at the door. And if I heard anyone, my alarm goes off, I hear somebody in my house, I have no hesitation, I love the baseball bat, and when I get down into the living room, if there's somebody there, I'm using it. And I will use it until they can no longer move. Now, the law states that you're supposed to use, restraint. These people don't deserve restraint, Ali. You're out working hard, I worked seven days a week for what I've got. I've worked hard for it. And I, I feel that these reptiles that come into your house and think they can help themselves deserve nothing. I would give that man a medal, the man that stabbed that guy. I would give him a medal for what he'd done. A 70-year-old, it sounds to me as if two of them have thought, a Safmar, we'll go in here and we'll break in, even if he does wake up, he's 70. No, these are reptiles, Ali. Mm-hmm. And you should phone the Clenny when you're finished. Even the line bleeding in your carpet. Phone the Clenny to come and take them away in the rubbish. That's how badly I feel about these people. People who have never had their house broken in the alley just don't realise how much my wife wanted to move at one point because of it it, it, it it's, it's the feeling of intrusion that is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. They've been through your personal stuff. They've been through and. No respect to you, no nothing. You just take what they want and think they, they... It's like a form of bullying, Ali. It's disgusting. No, I really would. I think that the law in this country should be changed. See, if somebody is caught in your living room, you have the right to do them and kill them. And I think that... See, the lawyers that defend these people, they should be chased out of the system. Shouldn't they have a lawyer? If you're caught in somebody's house, you've broke into somebody's house, Put them in jail, through the key away.
1: I think that's quite clear that you're speaking from experience and, and the, the disgust that you feel when somebody intrudes onto your property. That that stays with you, obviously, John.
8: Uh, yeah, it, it, it doesn't leave you, Ali. And it, it changes your whole trust in people. It changes everything. I mean, we we live in a good area, Um I would think it's a good area, but to, to have this happen to you, Ali, I mean, people don't realise until it happens just how badly it affects you. And, I mean, I would have no hesitation whatsoever in using a baseball bat and, and battering these people until they like, can... The guy's got a screwdriver in his hand, Ali. Mm-hmm. And he's standing in your living room. What are you supposed to do? Shake his hand and say, help yourself. I'll just go back up there. No. They shouldn't be. See, if someone's caught housebreaking, alley, I think it's one of the most disgusting, horrible crimes there is. And I know from people I have spoke to who have spent time in prison, they're no liked in prison either. I mean, these are the housebreakers are hated. I mean, it's just you're out trying to, you're working class, you're out trying to earn a few bob and get a decent house together. Ali, and these reptiles think they've got the right to come in and help us out it. No, it's not on, and the law
1: should be changed. John, thank you very much indeed, uh, giving us personal experience there. Uh, let's go to Philip. Hi, Philip, good morning to you. How do you, Ali? I'm fine, thank you.
12: Right, well, your previous calls has won't have said it all. I mean, I've got no time for these people either. I mean, they're, they're just the scum of the earth as far as I'm concerned.
1: Yeah, I... I don't I, I, I say I can... Think I know how John feels, but it's only from going back those years when my when mom and dad's house was um, was broken into, and and also I remember there was someone uh, I was at school with, and and they lived not too far away in the same street basically, mm-hmm. um, and um, her father, that was his, you know, <laughs> you know, when your kids at school and that's what you, your dad do. Mm-hmm. Her dad was a housebreaker. Mm-hmm. And he was never out of jail, mm-hmm. you know. But you knew when he was out that uh, some house was going to get done because that's what he did, and he thought it was okay.
12: Mm-hmm. Yeah, when I when I lived in uh, Fintley as a boy, we lived next door to uh, an Irish family. Uh, the father was never out of jail; he was an old burglar, and he looked at two. He was a really, like, shifty-looking character. Right. Yeah, but uh, as I say, that that that, that old guy—thumbs up to him. I mean, he did what, what any householder would have done. He's got the right to defend his property. Yep. These two guys, were, they, were, they shouldn't have been there. They were trespassers. They were intruders.
1: They went out to do his house, let's face it.
12: Yeah. They were, there and they were caught red-handed in, in the middle of a criminal act. And uh, it's just unfortunate. I mean, that guy that got killed, uh, I found out on the news, he's got a criminal past. He's, a, he's known to the police.
1: Right. But you can understand the police. There was a bit of a, a, a um, you know, it was it was getting. To, I only came back in from holiday when I sort of started reading about this, and and you know, there was the usual columns in the papers and things that he should never have been arrested. But I can understand why the police did arrest him mm-hmm. because they would have to arrest someone to, until they found out the facts. Yeah,
12: quite right. Yeah, the, the police are always telling the public, you know, if you get involved in a situation like that, you, some you discover somebody on your premises, don't get involved in a consultation with them. But it's easier said than done.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And even at 78, as the man was, he went in there.
12: Yeah, good, very brave man. Indeed.
1: Okay, Philip, thank, thank you very Ali. much. Thank you. Thank, thank you. thank you. Bye-bye now.
5: You're listening to Scotland's Talkin', the podcast. Join the conversation on Twitter at Scotland's Talkin.
1: Hi, it's David here from Edinburgh. Hello, David, uh, on the, the text. Here's a scenario for you, Ali. What happens if someone breaks into your house and your dangerous dog, which is usually muzzled, but it's in its own home, so it's not this time, and the dog then does its duty protecting his home and owners, the dog rips the alleged burglar into small pieces. Am I in trouble? says David. No, but I think your dog might be. Um, yeah, I see where you're coming from here. Again, the dog is in charge of the house. That's what it's there to do. Is it's looking after the house or it's in just indeed a pet and gets upset when it sees somebody coming into the house. David right what would they do there? Who would they arrest? Great show, says David. Thank you very much indeed. Thanks. Uh, Thankfully, here's another one, I haven't been in the position of being burgled. I would think it would be a very scary experience and think I'd lock myself in the bathroom and phone the police and hope they would arrive sooner rather than later. But don't think the house owner should be charged for defending themselves. Okay. Thank you very much indeed for that. So we're talking uh, burglary and, um, you know, what you would do uh, following on from 78-year-old Richard Osborne Brooks, who was arrested over the fatal stabbing of Henry Vincent during a failed burglary in his home this week. Um, As uh, I mentioned earlier, the Met Police have since said no further action will be taken uh, against Richard Uh, who, say, is 78. We've also been talking about dangerous dogs today as well. And that all comes at the back of the Freedom of Information request that revealed the full extent of dog bite injuries in Scotland. And it's due to be debated in the Scottish Parliament next month. So I've been asking, is enough being done to tackle dangerous dogs? And also... The, chen, the gender pay gap. have been reading a lot about this. You know, companies have been asked they've got to publish uh, how much they pay men and how much they pay women. Uh, anyway, <laughs> I'm getting in trouble here. Anyway, um, eight out of ten firms have admitted they still pay men more than women. This comes nearly 50 years since the Equal Pay Act. Now, ladies... How do you feel that your male colleagues are being paid more than you? And gents, do you think that's fair? Why are we still having this discussion 50 years on? Well, my thoughts turn to you, see, and I'm going to give my thoughts because, you know, what the hang. This Gender Pay Act thing, is it not a case? Am I thinking this too simply here? But 8 out of 10 firms have admitted they still pay men more than women. Surely, some women, if you've got women on on the payroll, right, there will be a lot of women who work part-time hours, so don't work as many hours as men because of their choice. And some women, you know... PC Brigade will find this hard to believe, but some women actually want to stay at home sometimes and look after the kids, work part-time. That's great. It's their choice. So is that not where, you know, there'll never be an equal pay situation when you've got men working the 40 hours and women working 30 or whatever. It's their choice. It's like when we have our First Minister saying that there should be equal men and women on company boards, you know, boards of directors, should be 50% men, 50% women. No! It should be that the best person gets the job, not because of their sex. I don't mind if a board of directors is made up of, if it's a board of directors of 10 and eight of them are are women and two of them are men. That doesn't bother me as long as these eight women are capable of doing the job. So when you go, it's not a sit down and say, well, we've already got four men, so we need to top it up by getting some women in. Surely it should be the best person for the job. There was a time I mean, some of you might find this hard to believe, but there was a time that I used to be a boss, and there was <laughs> I know, was, yes, I was, trust me with radio stations and things I find it unbelievable myself, but there was times that, um, you know, when we were looking for I'm just taking this as an example, a head of news in one of the radio stations, or one I'm thinking of, and it didn't matter if it was a male or female, I would go for the best one for the job. Surely that's what it's all about. Am I a dinosaur? Or Travel 3 2020 401. Corrine, thank you very much indeed for getting in touch. Corrine says a dog isn't born a full grown dog. They're born puppies who, like babies, are nurtured. They don't learn bad behavior from their parent dog. They learn it from the person who purchases him or her. Therefore, their behavior is not bred into them. I would bring back the dog license, says Corrine. Any responsible parent or person, sorry, would happily pay for the license, and it would deter irresponsible owners. It should be at least one hundred if you base that on a dog living 10 years It works out at £10 a year I would also like to see the breeders Microchipping the dog before it's sold add the price of this to the sale of the dog, then there would be a record of the microchip number on the papers of which we could take to obtain the licence. The licence would then be a written record of the owner responsible for the dog, as well as the registered address. I would happily pay for a licence to own a dog. Corrine, well thought out and well said. Thank you very much indeed for that. Talking on uh, Dangerous Dogs, Irene Zinkin-Ross. Hello, Irene. Hello, How are you? I'm fine. Good. What do you want to talk about? I
13: want to talk about the gender pay gap. Um, Okay. I just think the government's um, bringing out this equality or trying to find out the difference between the male and females being paid. But this has gone back years and years when women were mostly carers and uh, men probably earned more, so they were bringing in more money. So women looked after the children. Um, and it's just gone on through the years, and you were a bit simplistic in saying that um, women want to p- go go part-time and have the caring role at home but, and they should get less money, but that's not right. They should, if they're doing the same job, they should get the same rate, pro rata, not, not lower because they're working part-time. Obviously, they'll take in less because they're working part-time, but they should still get the same rate.
1: It is not the first time that I've been called simple. But thank you for that. <laughs> um, I said
13: you were being simplistic.
1: <laughs> same thing. Uh, listen, no, I I agree. In in you know someone else has come in and said you were talking about um, where is it I've lost it now but it was basically um, oh here it is a text saying you were mentioning about uh, interviewing people for the same job but yes would you have given them the same pay yes yes I mean if there was a if it was the rate of pay for a job it, it, and you know whether it was male or female it wouldn't matter that was the rate of pay because I wanted to attract the best person to the job but yeah
13: I, I agree with that I agree that. Um Interviewing and the person, best person for the job, but um, yeah, everybody should get the same rate, and there should be no gender pay gap as they're doing exactly the same work, the same
1: job. Right, but that—I I, mean—I see where you're coming from. Going back, there was many councils throughout the UK had a rate for women and a rate for men, and they were doing the same jobs, and that was wrong. Yes, and the councils weren't alone. There was yeah. other factories, etc. You know, a man, a man working on, um, let's say, a machine would be being paid more per hour than the woman doing the same job on the other machine. I agree with that. I agree with that. That's, know, you know,
13: see, going back in time, even with national insurance contributions, women paid, uh, men paid seven fifty mm-hmm. for their national insurance contribution. Women paid nine fifty because they were going to be retired at sixty. Now the government's wanting equality with men and women, but not with the gender pay gap, obviously, but they have put our pensions age up to 66 to bring it equal with men. Um, They're wanting equality and they can zap that through really quickly, but the gender pay gap with women, that's going to take decades to sort out.
1: And there's lots of women who've lost out on that, isn't there?
13: Yes, and and I'm surprised you haven't done a, a programme on that. There's lots of women out there who don't know they can they're not going to be able to retire at 60 and they're going to have to work till 66 and they're still going to be paying their national insurance, they're still going to be, and a lot of them will be giving up their jobs at 60 and then they're going to have to hunt for another job at 60, 61. They've got no hope. Because there's no equalization there. There's ageism as well.
1: Oh, tell me about it. <laughs> so- <laughs> yeah, don't have to tell me about that.
13: <laughs> so all the women that's listening, check your pay, check your pension, check when you're getting it. And go online and go back to sixty. Hashtag back to sixty. Get on the forum and fight this. And that's my rant. <laughs>
1: Irene, go and sit in a darkened corner for a wee while. <laughs> I'll
13: come down now. Yes,
1: thank you very much indeed <laughs> for your call. Yeah, yeah. Thank, thank you. you.
5: Bye 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 bye. Okay, so that's uh, Irene's talk. Coming up next on Scotland's Talkin' Any Other Business.
1: 20, 20 401. If there's something you want to get off your chest, just like Irene, that we haven't spoken about this morning, any other business, open now. Give us a call. 2020 20, 401.
5: And now, on Scotland's Talk In, time for any other business.
0: Clyde 2.
1: All right, then, any other business. Here's one that comes in It says, "'Regarding the sugar tax, surely shops should be sticking to the old stock price "'till it runs out, as this cannot yet have had the new tax levy. "'George, a good point.' But how many of them will be doing it? Where well, there's a chance to increase the profits, then they'll do that. Thank you for that. Uh, regarding burglars, if they're in your home, you should be able to use any method available to remove them. Basically, take what you can and get, and then that sends out the correct message to anyone thinking of it that it will not be tolerated this way, and maybe in time society will improve and get the message of how wrong it is to invade people of their space. It's not just the possessions. It can- and traumatised victims for life, Dave McCauley. Thank you very much indeed for that, Dave. There's another one that comes in that says the, the same thing. Um, my house was burgled in 1989. I was a prisoner in my house for a year after that. I had a breakdown. I'm all for using extreme force. And if I found someone in my house now, it's either my life or theirs. Well done to Richard for wiping out the... That's not very nice, Miss L, but Miss L, thank you very much indeed for that. Right, uh, let's go to Catherine. Hi, Catherine, how are you doing? Morning, Ali. Morning. Your thoughts, please?
14: Well, I was calling in about the burglary issue as well, really. Um, it was about 20 years ago, and um, there was somebody... My mum heard a noise in the house, and she didn't think to say to him, did she just went to investigate. This was 3 o'clock in the afternoon, and there was a pair of legs sticking out from the end of her bed. And... Um, that the dog was out in the back garden. She hadn't even brought him in to, 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 to get him. So the guy pushed her out of the way and she shouted. But by the time my dad got there, the burglar was just leaving the front door. And I was in the front garden with a pair of secateurs. So rather than drop them, I took a, we, 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 me and my dad both went after him. And um, eventually we got to the top of the road and we couldn't see him. And the, a guy called us into his garden and he said, he was, he was saying, well, I think he went that way, but he was actually at a bush at our feet. Oh, wow. And um, so when he heard us chatting, because my dad was saying, you'll need to get rid of those secateurs, because he says, if the police come and they catch you holding these, it'll be you that gets into trouble. <laughs> you know, not not, not the person. Yeah, but yep. But um, so eventually um, he, he took off and he was going over a few gardens and we were trying to follow and then he actually went back into our own garden which backed onto the roads behind and um, so my dad was then worried because my mum was then left in the house on her own um, so I, Cut a long story short. There was a kind of Keystone cop chase with children and police and everything. And eventually they couldn't find him. And then somebody heard a noise, and he'd been hiding in the wheelie bin next door. And he had got out to go and hide in a hut that that, that was there. Um, and uh, you know, he he ended up. He got six months, and he thanked the judge very much because it meant he could go on his methadone program when he went into prison. Right. They brought him from remand. And and. and, and but I think, if, if, I mean, if, if people are in the house and he knew there was people in our house when he entered it, we, don't, we still know. don't know why he entered I know, it. he
1: obviously was aware that you uh-huh. were there uh-huh. but thought maybe you were outside and, you know, he was going to get in in a quick steal and get something and away he went.
14: But, I mean, when we were chasing him, he also had something in his hand, um, you know, so we don't know to this day if that was something he took from the house or whether that was a knife that he had in his hand and what was he going to do with it. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I think sentences need to be tougher, for one, to, to, to stop people breaking in. Um, and and we and it was only pure luck that we eventually eventually got caught, and in most cases, most burglars aren 't caught that's
1: right, yeah, yeah, they get away with it uh, so tougher sentences as far as you're concerned
14: I, oh I think so to, just to try and, because as I say he he knew that we were there, but yes. then, as I say. As I say, my dad was really concerned that when the police turned up, I would be the one mm. to get into trouble. Mm-hmm. But I didn't want to then drop the secateurs that I had in my hand <laughs> and leave them in the garden, Yeah, you know. so I have still been using do? them.
1: Yes. <laughs> Catherine, thank you very much indeed for, for that and uh, telling us your story. Here's uh, one that comes in from Martha. She says, well, I must be a dinosaur too. I totally agree. It should be the best person for the job. And that applies to all areas, including politics. Repay, male and female employees should receive the same rate of pay for doing the same job. That does not necessarily mean that they'll get the same level of pay, as that depends on the number of hours worked, as you said. That's the point I was making. Simplistic though it may be. Um, Some employees work less hours, therefore they are not due as much as someone working more hours. But, I I, I didn't hear Martha for you, that if there's an hourly rate, then they should both be paid the same. Re-females in higher positions, there is still an attitude amongst some senior male staff that any promotion pay rise should go to male staff as they are seen as the main earner, regardless of whether they're not, they are the best or most qualified person for the job. Anyway, I'm retired and out of it now I'm glad to say. Martha, thank you very much indeed for your thoughts. Uh, Let's go to John. John, quickly please, what have you got to say today? Good
11: morning, Ali. The pay (laughs) gender. I think we should get equality or more. Do you know why? Because I'm a married man, right? And my wife spends an enormous amount of money on different things that we don't spend on. So I'm to subsidise her because she gets a small pension, she never worked. So I think women should get more money because what they do is they put money into the economy. That way they build the economy and they make the markets grow. The shops grow and you know, they're more shops, you know. So they what you're saying wait a minute,
1: what you're saying is that women like your wife don't have any uh, restraint on themselves. They just spend what well, they get. Like, yeah, they,
13: spend so like, too
11: we'll too they spend too much money. They
1: spend too much money.
11: No, 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 no. Every man knows this. That women go in shops. That's where the shops are poor women. And I'm, I, I've got to subsidise her because she has a smaller pension than I do. So she's spends more than me. So I've, I'm sort of to pay for her, you know. So, if I get so money, you pay like, for her.
1: You look after her. Does she realise? <laughs> does she realise, John, how lucky she is?
11: <laughs> no, 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 Alan.
7: How no, long no. have you
1: been married? How long have you been married?
11: Uh, Oh, about it, but 50 years.
1: <laughs> ah, well, no wonder she's hanging on to you, John. Thank you. Let's go to Alex who's in Bearsden. Alex, you're our last caller. going to have to ask you to be quick, please.
15: Oh, yes. Good morning, Ali. I'll be as quick as I can. Um, basically, it's about the fuel emissions uh, going into Glasgow city centre. Right. I think it's absolutely out of order that the Scottish Government is going to take every car and every van out of the city centre in less than four years. Nicola Sturgeon says by 2022 she doesn't realise the damage she's going to do here. Now I've got a whole van, a whole six plate which is highly maintained. I get safety inspections done every eight weeks. uh, It doesn't blow any emissions, but that van's going to be scrapped in less than four years. Now, I can't afford, actually, to buy a brand-new van, and an awful lot of people are in the same position as myself. And basically, my van's going to... All six plates, they basically fall apart after so so long as you can, as you know. Mm -hmm. It becomes a bottomless pit with uh, maintenance. And within about seven years, maximum, I'm going to have to scrap my van anyway. So she's given me less than four years to get a new van, and I think, I think they're, they're totally out of order. And that's my—I so feel very strongly about this. Ali, I
1: that's... totally agree with you. I, I, I think that it's—it's it's mad. It's—it's uh-huh. it's too short a time. Yes. It's—you know—it's—it's it's bowing to those who go on about the uh, CO2 emissions. It's wrong. It's not necessary. And diesel cars are safer now than they've ever been. Yes. Just, you know, I just don't. There is a lot more that they could be looking at in Scotland yes. at the moment. Try education. Try the health service well, and start there first
15: this is the thing I said, all the modern vans have got blue chemicals in them they're cleaner all the time all the time Ali. all, I can all, the, all time. the time absolutely I think the Scottish government I wish someday you actually managed to get our transport minister on your show and he can explain himself there is okay, an I'm open, open
1: invitation so. there oh, is an,
15: he has been invited well I'm looking forward to hearing that because your show every Sunday so he is hoping I can hear what
1: he's Alex thank you very much indeed I've taken some time up of the next show so I better go uh, this has been Scotland's Talking I'm Ali Bally enjoy the rest of your weekend bye bye